This episode of We Talking Roots with Coach Cam is sponsored by theshotmakers.com, where we evolve shooters into shot makers. Get information about our Fall Basketball Academy. Get more information about our shooting camp coming this weekend, August 17th and August 18th at Ferndale High School, hosted by the one and only, the coach that knows hoops the most, Coach Cam. To get more information, please visit theshotmakers.com and holla at your coach. It's your coach, Coach Cam. We talking hoops, baby. We talking hoops. Uh-huh. Coach Cam on the podcast, we talking hoops. Don't you leave them open, don't you know that coach can shoot? We talking hoops all day, that's what we do. That's NBA, D1 to D2, AAU, D3, G League, overseas, highlights, offers, transfers, and want to leave. We talking hoops, that's every week. With Coach Cam dropping gems for the hoop fiends. Uh, and to my fans with the hoop dreams. Stay shooting, stay hooping. Buckle up for this ride, it's what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. Coach Cam coming to you with the season finale. Number 15 CT 99 edition. And the reason why it's called the CT 15 edition, because when I was at Cass, I wore number 15 when I played. We just had our 20th reunion, so I got to pay homage to that. And I got to let you guys know, this is the last one of the season, the season finale. I got some announcements for you guys. We're going to talk some NBA, some high school, college, talk about what I got going on in the future. So, yeah, this is it. Uh, but before I get into my first segment, I just want to thank you guys for lasting this long. I mean, 15 episodes of an hour long is a lot of content. And I appreciate you guys for coming back every week and, and checking out my podcast. It means a lot to me. I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't for you guys that hit me up, be like, Coach Cam, where the episode, I'm feeling what you're doing. I probably would have stopped recording about five or six episodes ago because uh, the last couple months have been pretty crazy for me personally and it's it's been a, it's been a hard time trying to record these podcasts knowing that I'm working in Detroit and my family is in Saginaw and I've been going back and forth it's been a little crazy but I've still had time to give you some basketball content and I really want to thank you guys for listening and with that being said I want to get right into it man I want to get right into it. Um, I want to explain how this podcast started. And the idea of this podcast started while I was coaching. I didn't have the opportunity to start it while I was doing it because I was doing a lot at the college level. And then one day, the day after our last game, I was brought into an office and I was told your services are no longer needed at this institution. And it was at that point where I had to find something else to do with my time for one and for two to to find a way to stay relevant keep my coach cam brand out there for people to, to still be talking about me even though i wasn't coaching at the time and a way to stay sharp and what you might not notice if you don't coach basketball if you just listen to casual basketball listener or even if you are coaching basketball the one thing i've learned through this whole process is that 
You really don't learn how to be a coach until you get fired. Now, there are very few coaches that coach at one place for their entire career. And I applaud every single one of those coaches. I don't care what level it is because it's tough keeping a job for 10, 20, 30 years. In my case, that that's wasn't the issue, okay? Um, wasn't a situation where I was going to be there 5, 10, 15 years. I knew I was only going to be there about three to five, and the, the to five got cut short. But you really don't learn how to be a coach, to be effective, until you get fired. And this is my second time going through this situation. I went through this situation at Detroit Renaissance after six seasons where they brought me into an office and they said, Coach Ken, we love what you do. We, we, we love everything about you, but we're going to move in a different direction. And it's at that point where you become a little humble. You got to eat some humble pie. And then, but you also have to reevaluate, okay, well, what, now what's next? What am I going to do? At that situation, when I got, you know, let go at Detroit Renaissance, I realized it was time for, to set myself up for the next level. So from that point forward, I was thinking, okay, what do I have to do to improve in order to be a college coach someday? And I was given that opportunity at that one school that I will, I'm not going to mention. I hopefully you know what school I am talking about. But at that time where I got brought into the office and I was told that your services are no longer needed, there was a period where I, I had grief. There was a period where I had stress, still have it. And I, I was really trying to evaluate like what, what, really, what really happened. And to answer that question, because I get it asked all the time, Coach Cam, what happened at that last school you was at? Well, this is what happened. I'm not going to get into the full details, but... I'll say this. I didn't perform at my highest level. And that's just me being the coach that I am. If I had performed at my highest level, there's no way that I shouldn't have a job in the GLIAC. So in this particular situation, there are things that the head coach wanted that I didn't do. And granted, if I did those things, I probably would still have a job. But there's one thing about me and about accountability and building, you know, young men into men is you have to hold them accountable. So if I'm truly going to hold a, a student athlete account accountable for academics and I was ahead of academics and I had a guy ineligible, I had a guy missed three or four games because he didn't pass a class. If I'm ahead of academics. Right. And I me truly if if. It, the way that I do things, I want to hold student athletes accountable. So I'm not going to class for you. I'm not doing your work, but I'm going to set you up for study table. I'm going to do your schedule. Um, I'm going to do everything else that you need to do to be successful, but I'm not going to drag you to class. I'm not going to do your work. Not to say that those things, those were things that uh, the head coach wanted me to do because it wasn't. But at some point, if, if students aren't doing those things, you have to make those students accountable. So if a student gets a bad grade in the class, it shouldn't be my fault that that student got a D in the class. Make that student accountable. And it was kind of like that. We had some academic issues and it wasn't because guys weren't getting it done in the classroom. It was that some mistakes were made. Some communication was lost. And at the end of the day, if I'm a hold of ahead of academics and guys have academic problems in the college world, you get fired. And that's pretty much what happened. Some guys got some bad grades. 
I told these guys, if you continue this in the classroom, not only are you going to get punished, but I'm probably going to be out of a job. And that is exactly what happened. Some guys dropped the ball in the classroom. And I don't necessarily agree with this, but since they dropped the ball, I got fired. And that's just the nature of college basketball. If I'm ahead of recruiting and I don't bring in high level recruits, guess what? I'm going to get fired. And, and, and that's the one thing that's hard to swallow. And for me personally, it was hard for me to understand how am, how am I being held accountable for things that student athletes are doing that aren't my own. So I take full responsibility because I didn't do what was needed for those guys to fully excel. But like I said, I ain't doing your work. I ain't dragging you to class. So if I got to trust some athletes to get it done and they don't get it done, well, hey, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get fired. But the thing that I've learned through this entire process, being, being let go taught me to, for one, be a little bit more organized, and it made me a better coach. So when I had the opportunity to coach the AAU level for the Reach of the Youth Legends program, there were some things that I had learned in the last three years at college that I probably wouldn't have done a couple years ago not being at that level. So it has taught me to be a better coach. It has taught me to be a little bit more uh, concerned about, you know, what I'm doing now and how it affects other people and making other people accountable and things like that. So with that being said, that's how this podcast was created because I had the idea for it. I just didn't have the time. So even though it was unfortunate for me to be let go, I now had the opportunity to develop this podcast, develop this platform that nobody else is doing. Now, you might see some other people start doing it in the fall, and now you're going to have some high school podcasts, and you're going to have some college podcasts from people in Michigan in the metro Detroit area that weren't popping off, but they probably listened to mine like, oh, man, that's dope. I think I could do that, and that's cool. I want people to do that. I want you to do your own, but just know that this podcast, this form, all right, started here with Coach Cam. All right. So if you see other people try to mimic it, that's cool. Do your thing. But Coach Cam really popped it off. So it gave me the opportunity to have more time to do that, build this podcast. And it also gave me some time to reflect and to say, OK, what's next in my career and what's next in my career has been developed while I've been let go. And I came, I came to the realization one day I was at work. Now, right now I'm working at Clear at the airport. Uh, I'm an ambassador for them. If you don't know what Clear is, look it up, clearme.com. Hopefully they, they dropped me some for, for giving them a shout out. But I was working one day at Clear and I'm, I'm promoting their product. I'm trying to sell their product at the airport. And I'm thinking to myself, what's my product? What's Coach Cam's product? What's the one thing, if you didn't know, if you know Coach Cam, what's the one thing that Coach Cam can sell to anybody in the world? And with that, I learned that my product is teaching you how to shoot. Now, there's one thing that when it comes to basketball, when it comes to coaching in general, if there's one thing I know the best, the absolute best, is shooting the basketball. And I'm not saying that because I'm a high-level shooter. I'm saying that because I've seen kids who cannot shoot, who I've worked with over some months, over some years, become high-level shooters. Now, I'm not taking credit for all of them. 
I'm not. There are some guys I spent a lot of time with that either they fell off or they just didn't continue what we were doing. But there are some guys and some girls that have spent some time with me that are doing some outstanding things at the high school level, at the college level, and at the pro level. So I thought to myself, well, if, if I can mold these guys to be high-level shooters in college and overseas, why am I not selling that? And with that idea, I came up with the Shoot the Shot Makers Basketball Academy. I was like, you know what? I might as well start my own academy. Why not? Why not start my own academy where I'm, I'm molding not only shooters, because in today's game, they don't need shooters. Teams need makers. Any guys that can make shots. If Kyle Korver makes a corner three, LeBron James wins another title in Cleveland. Okay? he At the time, he was a shooter. He wasn't a shot maker in that moment. I want to teach kids, don't be the guy that goes three for five, but you missing two for the game. I want you to go two for two for the game winner. So it's that kind of stuff I want to be able to teach guys to transition and evolve into being a shooter to being a shot maker. And in order to do that, you have to have a lot of reps. You have to have a lot of instruction in the gym. And you're going to have to watch some film. So I'm going to send some guys now. We're going to watch film. We're going to we're going to take, you know, how you shoot the basketball, what you need to work on your mechanics, how to get better. We're going to track progress over weeks, months, maybe even years if I'm in this position for a while. And it really, it's really something that, that I, I feel that the area needs. It needs somebody to come in and to create a platform where not just becoming a better player, okay? AW Canada can make you a better player, okay? Coach Cam can make you a better shooter and make you into a shot maker. So that's what I'm trying to do with the Shot Makers Basketball Academy. And to jump that off, to start that off, I'm starting it off with a shooting camp. So everybody that I talked to in the last three years, Coach, what's up with the shooting camp? When you bringing your shooting camp back? Well, it's back. It's this weekend, August 17th, August 18th, Ferndale High School, 9 to 3. It's $100. Come get your shots up. But guess what? I'm only taking 40 campers. Not taking 100 campers. Not taking 200. I'm taking 40 guys or girls, because I got some girls signed up, that want to make their shot better. And I'm going to move for those shooters. Those people that come to my camp are going to people that I roll my academy out to. So I'm not going to roll my academy out to people who didn't attend my camp. So if you don't attend my camp and you plan on attending my academy, you got another thing coming. Because I want to do more than just have a two-day camp. I always do shooting camps. I got the best shooting camps around. And if you haven't been to one, you need to come and check it out. And when you do, you're going to be like, man, this is dope. Like, ain't nobody doing this. Everybody's got a camp, and ain't nobody doing a shooting camp like this. So I wanted to be able to take that platform and to do more than that, to spend time with kids for three or four days and turn those three or four days to three or four weeks, three or four months, and really track to see how these guys become and get better. Because I've seen it happen. I, I got guys right now getting played to play basketball. If I hadn't worked with them or spent at least a little bit of time with them, I'm not sure if that would be the case. Like I said, I'm not taking credit for them. 
I'm just saying there are some things that I work on with some people that I know for sure they use in their games right now. If I was to look at Mike Wells' film, he's playing in Australia right now. He played at me. He played for me for two years in college. If you, if I was to go and look at his pro highlights tape right now, I guarantee you there are shots that he's shooting that we worked on. Guarantee it. Like Denzel in American Garrets. I guarantee it. I'm not an actor. I'm a basketball coach. So I, I don't know if I nailed that part right there. But you get what I'm trying to say. So with my Shot Makers Basketball Academy and camp, I want to be able to mold some shooters. And I'm working with some guys. I'm not going to tell you who I've been working with. But guess what? One of them is a high major player, and he will be a pro. And I'm not going to tell you who he is. You're just going to look up one day, and it's going to be a kid make seven, eight threes in a game that you didn't think could shoot like that. You'll be like, man, I didn't know you could shoot like that. And then you go right then there, you're going to be like, oh, you can mess with Coach Cam, huh? And I ain't going to broadcast it. I ain't the coach or the skills trainer with the videos all up in your face, all up in the videos like Suge Knight. Nah. Nah, take your tennis balls and your cones and your defenders. Take all that and your trash cans, even though there are times I will use a trash can or a chair. That's cool. We ain't doing nothing that game shots, game speeds get better. Ooh, that sounds good. I should put that on a shirt anyway. But that's what I want to do with my basketball camp. So if you got a shooter that you know of, a kid that likes to shoot the basketball, get them to my camp. But guess what? Ain't no freebies. And it's ain't no babysitting service. So at my camp, don't think you about to just drop your kid off and he's just going to mess around for, you know, five or six hours and you come pick him up like it's some kind of daycare. Now, I ain't a daycare service. I'm a basketball coach. If you ain't serious about shooting, then just know that you're going to get a lot of shots up. That's all you need to know. So Ferndale High School, this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, you can register at theshotmakers.com. Click on the, the three little dots on the side to register, camp registration, and get your shooter shot maker there, man, because it's going to be something that nobody's doing around here, and it's the chance to be a part of something special. I think the shooting academy is going to be special. I just got to find a location for it. Details are coming soon forth. Just know it's going to be the hottest ticket around, and your shooter better be there. So that was my take on what's next in my career. And the, the one thing that I forgot to mention in that take, and it's not breaking news because I've talked about it on this podcast before in various episodes, is that next season, news flash, the school I will be coaching at next season isn't one. I will not be coaching basketball next season. So for the season 2019-2020, I will not be coaching basketball. And I've been coaching basketball for 15 years. Long time. But for the next 12 months, I got to do something a little different. And that's what the Shotmakers Basketball Academy is going to be. That's what my shooting, shooting camps are going to be. I'm going to be hosting more shooting camps, not just for one week in the summer. You might do something in the winter, might do something in the fall, might do regular workouts, which is what the basketball academy is going to be. But and and it was hard for me to come to this realization because I've been in the gym the last 15 years. Hey, look, man. Hey, side note. 
I'm from Detroit, so if you hear these sirens in the background, yeah, you, you know what it is. But anyway, told you I don't do this podcast in a studio. I do it right there on my phone wherever I can get it in. But anyway, I will not be coaching anywhere next year. I'm taking a year off so I can focus on my academy. Uh, hopefully my academy can bump off. Still looking for a location. Probably will. Hopefully I can use my new school I'm going to be working at in the next couple weeks. Be a dean of students at a school. Uh, I'll let you know where. You can DM me if you want to know where. But I'll be a dean of students and working for Clear, doing a couple things, and doing this uh, Shot Makers Academy. So I won't be coaching nowhere next year. I won't be taking the year off. And then after the year is done and start coaching AAU, uh, we'll figure out what's next. But, you know, next season I will not be coaching. So I'm going to be in your gyms for practice. I'm going to be at uh, the open gyms. I'm going to be at some practices. I'm going to be at some games. I'm going to be critiquing some people. I'm going to be doing some podcast pull-ups. That's that's going to be new for season two. But call it a podcast pull-up. Man, I hope somebody don't take my ideas, man. I really don't, but you know somebody's going gonna to try to do it. But we're going to call them podcast pull-ups where I pull up to a game and cover the game and stuff like that. But anyway, that's for future notice. Uh, but we still got to talk hoops, man. We talking hoops, baby. You already know what it is. All right, this time we're going to talk a little bit of NBA. The NBA dies down in August, so it ain't a whole lot going on. All right, uh, never got a chance to talk about Russell Westbrook and his thoughts on sacrifice. So he did an interview, and the, the person asked him, you know, with him being ball dominant, with James Harden being ball dominant, how are they going to be able to survive in the same platform on the same team now that they're teammates? And the one thing he said was, you know, in order to be great, in order to win a title, there are certain things about your game that you're going to have to sacrifice. And I really like that comment from Russell Westbrook. Shows that he's maturing in his role. Shows that that he has an end goal. He's not just trying to get triple doubles because he did it for three seasons straight. That he's really trying to win. He wants to win. And you can tell by the way he plays every game he's trying to win. He's not just stat patting. Even though it, it does, he does end up stat patting. But he's a competitor. He wants to win. And he knows in order him... In order for him to win a championship, in order for James Harden to win a championship, they're going to have to sacrifice. And I really want to pay attention to the Houston Rockets. Okay, you're talking about two of the most dominant offensive scorers in the game, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. If you don't think them two guys can play together, man, I don't don't know what, what kind of whatever you want, but them two guys together is going to be dangerous because... Here's the thing people don't talk about. Yeah, they're going to be on the floor together, right, for a vast majority of time, maybe 20, 22 minutes out of the game. But the other 16 minutes that both of these guys are going to play because they're going to be playing anywhere from 36 to 40 minutes a game, those other 16 minutes when it's just Russell Westbrook on the floor or it's just James Harden on the floor and Russell Westbrook or James Harden, they aren't going against starters. Those are buckets, certified buckets. So for an entire 48 minutes of the game, you're going to have to guard one of these two guys. And that's pretty scary. So when Russell Westbrook plays for OKC, yeah, he got to sit down at some point and production drops when he sits down. And same thing with the Rockets. When James Harden got to sit down, production falls. But in their case, when they're on the floor together and at the end of the first quarter, when Russell Westbrook has to sit down, James Harden goes to work. And at the beginning of the second quarter, when James Harden sits down, Russell Westbrook comes in and goes to work. So, like, you're going to get that work for 48 minutes. 
So they ain't gonna have to do a whole lot of sacrificing. I know Russell Westbrook's talking about sacrificing. They ain't gotta do a whole lot of sacrificing. He's gonna get off the glass and go. James Harden's gonna do the same thing. So, and they're gonna be playing together. So, like, that duo, like, I like the LeBron and AD. I like Kawhi and, and, and Paul George. But Russell Westbrook and James Harden is gonna be pretty much in, unstoppable for 48 minutes for an entire game. There's gonna be no lapse in offensive production on that team. So, those guys are going to be scary. But I really liked what he said about sacrifice because, yeah, at the end of the day, he's going to have to sacrifice things about his game that in on other teams he would not necessarily have to do. At OKC, he didn't have to do that. But with Houston, yeah, they're going to be possessions. We got to give up the ball. There are going to be times where you can't be as ball diamond as you want. The ball might have to move a little bit. James, you're going to have to pass the ball this year. All right. So, But I really like that quote. Another thing that happened in the NBA, you had the Rich Paul rule being in place. So what's the Rich Paul rule? Well, the NBA came in and said that in order to be an agent, you had to have a bachelor's degree. You had to spend three years in the NBPA um, and, and all this criteria that was pretty much built around Rich Paul not being able to represent some college athletes. And a lot of people had an issue with it because it was very precise and it was very direct and it looked like you're putting these rules in place just so rich paul can't be the guy and i didn't like it at the time i did not like it because most of these guys that are representing these athletes look just like them and sometimes they might not have a college degree having a college degree don't mean squat newsflash i got two degrees and I barely use either one of them. I got a master's degree in public administration and I have a master's degree in computer information systems. Anybody that graduates out of college today with a computer information systems degree is making a hundred thousand easy. And I just got that paper sitting on my wall like it's nothing because that's exactly what it is. So having a college degree don't mean nothing. That don't mean you know what you're supposed to do. That means you know what you're doing because I was put in a situation where somebody told me on a job interview. Yeah, that bachelor degree look nice, but that don't tell me, you know, C++. That don't tell me, you know, Adobe Photoshop. That don't tell me, you know, Windows. All it tells me is you pass some classes. And at that moment, I was like, oh, man, you're right. I, yeah, I passed some classes, but I don't know none of that stuff. And he was like, exactly. So let's talk about your resume. Let's talk about your basketball team. And we sat there and talked basketball about 45 minutes. And at the end of the interview, he was like, well, you a basketball coach. I don't know what you sit in my office for. You are qualified as a basketball coach than you are as a computer guy. If you don't get out of my office and coach some basketball, this is what he told me. I was like, man, that's real. Like, he was real. So the NBA coming up with this criteria to represent an, a basketball player, you have to have a bachelor's degree? Come on, man. You did that just for Rich Paul. And today they come out that now that they've revised the criteria and there are certain things that they took out of the language once they saw some backlash of it. And it was like, yeah, you was filed for doing it. You was filed for doing it in the first place. And when people called you out about it, it was like, hey, look, we might want to change that. Like, I know I know we don't want Rich Paul to be popular, but he already popular. He already popping. So, like, we ain't stopping clutch now. So if you think we, this is going to stop him, he's going to find a way around that too. So they've changed the criteria, and I'm glad they did.
because the original, the intention of the criteria was focused around Rich Paul. And I don't care what you tell me, that's exactly what it was. And I'm glad they changed it. So I ain't got to go all the way in on the NBA and their rules about agents because that's who it was tailor-made for. So that was that. You also got Carmelo Anthony. Now, I've been talking about Carmelo on this podcast almost every week. And I'm like, man, there's no way Carmelo doesn't end up on the roster. So he does the, the interview on ESPN, which I don't really, I think it did more damage than it did good. Because now he looks like the old vet that can't get on the roster while Vince Carter's still signing a deal, still on the roster, 17, 20 years, what, 40 something years old on the team. But Melo can't get in the game. And he had 22 points a game for his career and he can't get on the roster right so here's my take on Carmelo what's hurting Carmelo Anthony right now is the fact that he was never able to fully accept coming off the bench now I don't care what you tell me what he did in Houston and OKC all right I remember an interview early in his career at OKC where the reporter was like Carmelo, are you going to be comfortable coming off the bench? And Carmelo was like, come off the bench, man. I'm Carmelo Anthony. I ain't never coming off the bench. And if I got to come off the bench, man, you might as well just cut me because I ain't going to, you know, like he went in about coming off the bench. But that's what veterans have to be able to do. But the reason why he feels like that is because don't nobody ask LeBron to come off the bench. That's why you asking me that. Same thing with D-Wade. D-Wade had a problem with it too. But he went about it a different route. And Carmelo didn't have that take. And you're never going to forget that. If I'm a GM, if I'm a team owner, I'm never going to forget that. But the reason why Carmelo can't get on a roster is because he costs too much. Too much drama, too much baggage. Now we got to explain his role. And now we got to make it sure that everybody else is cool with him starting or him not starting. And it's a big deal when they could just sign a guy from overseas like Devin Marble and just like, yeah, all right, Melo, you good, but I'm going to take the young cat that might blow up and be, just, you know, Siakam or something like that. I'm going to pay a rookie. I'd rather bring a rookie in and see what he can do. I'd rather bring uh, uh, Darius Baisley in. I, I think I'd screw, mess his name up, but you know what I'm trying to say. They would much rather go with a young kid that might have some upside than Carmelo Anthony. You know exactly what you're going to get with Carmelo Anthony. You're going to get a high-level score if he's put in that situation. But you're also going to get a guy who doesn't want to come off the bench, who's, who's going in his 17th or 18th season, right? And he's on a decline. He ain't going to come in average 30. And even if he did, he's going to be so ball-dominant that you're not going to have any ball movement in your offense, and you're going to become stagnant. So these teams would much rather go young than get mellow. But the reason why that is, is because it's a young league. It ain't a whole lot of super vets out there. And the ones that are super vets, like, they're not effective like that. Teams are building for the future right now. Okay? So if I'm a team like the Charlotte Hornets, I'm not bringing in Carmelo. I'm going to bring in a young guy and see if I can hit a home run. I'm not going to bring in the guy on the 17th year, 18th year, 19th year to compete for the eighth seed. I'm going to get me a young cat in here and maybe he got some upside. And in two or three years, boom, now we got a player. 
So that's what's hurting Carmelo is that he's so good that our teams are like, uh, I don't need that. I'm trying to get somebody else to get to his level that's younger, that I can pay less. All right, newsflash, pay less and get more out of. So teams are scared to, to sign Carmelo, even though he should be on the roster. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for him to find a roster this year. I hope he does. I think he would fit well with Golden State because they need another shooter at that level. But I just don't think they're going to go that route. So hopefully Carmelo can find a situation and be on an NBA roster because I really like Carmelo. But at the end of the day, he's a talented loser. He's a talented loser. In NBA, he ain't never won. Now he won at Syracuse. Good for him. He won the USA team. Good for him. But he didn't win at Denver. He didn't win at New York. Didn't win at OKC. Didn't win at Houston. I'm talking NBA title. So, yeah, talent to loser. Tracy McGrady. Chris Paul. Charles Barkley. I can keep going, but I'm not. Talent to losers. And we're going to have that coming up. Uh, in a segment, season two, where we talk about some talented losers. There's some guys that ain't never won at no level that are really good players and ain't never going to win. And Carmelo, one of them guys. And that's why I don't nobody want to hire him. So hopefully he find a job. So, so yeah, that's the NBA. Uh, I want to talk about the Detroit Pistons. They signed Derrick Rose. And my take on the Detroit Pistons, I think they should start Derrick Rose over Reggie Jackson. Derrick Rose had a much, his last two years have been much better than the last two years Reggie Jackson's had. So why not start him? Forget bringing him off the bench. Derrick Rose last year was very effective for Minnesota. He dropped 51 game. I want to say he averaged 16 a game. Reggie Jackson averaged 12 a game. And like three assists. Hey, Detroit, I'm going to tell you right now, to start your season, start Derrick Rose. Tell Reggie Jackson to kick rocks. And blow bubbles. Tell them to skedaddle. Get up out of here. Start Derrick Rose. All right? And that's just my short uh, Pistons take because I love the Pistons. I'm a Detroit fan, and I'm always going to be talking about Detroit teams. Start Derrick Rose. Don't start Reggie Jackson. And the last thing I'll talk about on the NBA tip, all right, I think my, my, my early vote for rookie of the year is Ja Morant. I think Zion's going to struggle. Just because I know he's a huge athlete. You saw what he did in summer league. Kind of struggled a little bit. He had the big time plays. I'm not sure he, if he's going to shine on that roster with New Orleans like that. But I think John Moran in Memphis, though. Oh, man. I think that boy going to put on a show. So my early vote for rookie of the year, John Moran. Okay. Called it in August. That boy is a problem. I'm telling you. He is a problem. And when the season starts, you're going to find out why. So my early vote for Rookie of the Year is John Morant. So uh, you know it's August. It ain't a whole lot of hoops to talk about NBA-wise. So that's just my NBA take. And hopefully Carmelo Anthony can find the roster. And my Rookie of the Year is John Morant. All right, so that was my NBA take. Uh, we talked about Carmelo. We talked about the Rich Paul rule. You know, hopefully some things change with Carmelo, but we'll see going forward. All right, now we're going to talk some college hoops. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, previously, we talked about the, the NCAA Basketball Academy that they rolled out. And Session 1 had some issues, but Session 2 was really good. From what I've been told, 
it wasn't a whole lot of people complaining about session two because you had some real players in those sessions. And some guys in the Midwest really took advantage of those camps and started picking up some offers. Uh, Julian Lewis is picking up offers left and right. The last one was Western Michigan, I believe. You know, Parker Day, since the last time we've recorded this, has picking up an offer from Northwood, an offer from Grand Valley, and an offer from Central Michigan. And I want to say he was also involved in the basketball academy as well and going to elite camps. And I've talked about elite camps as well. You go those to elite camps and you show out in August, late July and August, you can you can look for an offer if you do what you're supposed to do. And from what my intel was telling me, Parker, Parker Day went to these elite camps and he showed out. He went to Grand Valley Elite Camp and had an offer that day. He went to Northwood Elite Camp and had an offer that day. He went to Central Elite Camp and had an offer that day. So that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go and show out. And the coach is like, well, man, if he keep doing that, we got to offer him. And that's exactly what we did. So uh, you got some things that's happening with the Basketball Academy, which I think they, they changed. And they got some better players in there because the coaches had to come. So if you get some good players there, of course the coaches are going to evaluate them and give them offers and stuff like that. So I was glad to see that. But it wasn't a whole lot of complaints about session two because you had better players. And if you had better players, you have a better showing. So there were more Division One players at Session 2 than you had Session 1. And you had some guys take advantage of that, and they're starting to get offers from mid-majors and schools out of their region that had the opportunity to watch them at these camps. So I do appreciate that, even though I think the camps should be in June next year. Don't have it in July. So go back to your regular recruiting schedule, all right, to the spring, to the summer, to, you know, April and May, give June off, and then back in July and have this camp somewhere in June. I think that could be really good. Okay. Last thing I'll talk about on my college end, uh, you know, I talked about Cleveland State hiring a coach, but Kalamazoo College has still, they still have not hired a coach. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's the middle of August. How do you not have a basketball coach? And you expect to have a good team next year? And you're going to hire a coach in September? Like, what happens if your top five guys is like, I don't like this coach, I'm gone before classes start? Like, that's really what can happen. And then you got a new coach, he got to bring in new players, so he got to find in September, when school already started, that's still available to go to an academic school? Man, you, you, playing, with, you playing with fire right there. You are playing with fire. And you know what? I'm not talking about Kalamazoo College because my homie is coaching there. I'm talking about it because, of course, we're talking about college basketball. But this is the wrong way to go about hiring a new coach. You should have had a coach in place, and you've offered some coaches, and they've turned it down, and I already told you who to hire, and you ain't hired that person. And now you like, all right, so now what are we going to do? So... You gotta hire a coach, man. You gotta hire a coach, and you got you better do it as soon as possible because you're gonna start losing coaches and you're gonna start losing players, and it's not gonna be a good situation going forward. And if it's not a good situation going forward, you're gonna have to do something about it. So that being said, hire a coach soon, or everybody's gonna transfer. Please do, please do. Hire Kevin White. Keep the kids there. Have a good year next year. Be a factor in the MIAA. I think that's a conference. 
Uh, but yeah, hire a coach, Kalamazoo. You tripping? You tripping? You should have hired a coach by now. And I got a text today. Somebody talking about and here, and I want, I'm gonna talk about loyalty in the college game. All right, I want to mention loyalty. Somebody text me today. Are you going to Kalamazoo College? Did you interview for the job? No. No, did I not interview? No, I'm not going. And like that's my guy. Kevin White is my guy. So why would I interview? for a job where my friend is coaching to undermine him. I'm not doing it, but I'm a real coach though. I'm a real guy. I'm a real person. I would never do my friend like that. There was a time when I was coaching at Renaissance where they wanted me to coach at Detroit Cass Tech, which is my alma mater. And I told them, you out of your mind. My dog is to coach at Cass. I'm not coaching at Cass. I'm coaching where I'm at. Don't ask me to take his job. That's foul wouldn't do nothing like that but see i got integrity some of these coaches ain't got no integrity they'll take your job in a minute they'll be nice to you they'll shake your hand they'll text you when you need something but when your job come open they applying for it that's the one thing i learned at renaissance it's a lot of people that apply for my job that i'm still cool with to this day and i know they apply for my job and i'm like whatever i knew when i got the job my own damn brother might get the job or try to get it and guess what i gotta beat him for the job but I got integrity. I'm not going to take a job from my friend, somebody that I know and I'm close with. I ain't doing it. So don't call me about. So if you ever want to hire Coach Cam, don't ever have me take a job where I know the person already there. Where somebody that I know that I'm cool with that I'm just going to come in and say, hey, man, this is my job. Now, there are some people going to say, well, when you took the CMA job, they still had. You know, the coach in place. When I took that job, I was young and I wasn't really, I wouldn't say a pro, but I wasn't, I didn't know how things worked yet. And it was to my knowledge that the job was open. So if the job is open and you want me to get it, all right, cool. But if I know Mace like I know now, I probably would, I probably would have taken it. Because I know he, I didn't know that he got did dirty too. But now, if, after 15 years, you going to call me and take a job that my friend should have? I ain't doing it. Nope. I'll turn it down. I'll say no a thousand times before I say yes once. But I'm loyal like that. Some of these coaches in the college game, in the high school game, they ain't like that. They cutthroat. And that's why at the end of the night, when it's time to really get stuff done, you're sitting there by yourself trying to figure out things to do because you, you, you know, you cut corners to get where you at. And I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not sneak dissing or subtweeting anything i'm just telling you how i operate and how i'm you know drilled learned i'm not taking i'm not taking a job for my dog so callum two collars hire k white or it's gonna be a shit store pardon my french it's your coach you know who's the most that was my college segment all right talked about callum two collars still not having a basketball coach and the basketball academy that the ncaa put on that was actually a good look for session two they learned from their mistakes from session one just hopefully next year they have that camp in june all right so now we're going to talk about some high school and summer league championships had the opportunity to watch the dc league summer league championships it was held at henry ford high school on eight mile and evergreen and the two teams competing in the championship was north farmington and uh uad jesuit and 
I was I liked the game. It was a good game. It was high paced. They had a shot clock. I liked that end. Uh, I liked the, how they did that. They put the shot clock on the game. I'm not sure if they did all of their games with the shot clock, but it was good to see how these high school kids react and operate under a shot clock. That was pretty cool. Uh, but the one thing that was that was uh, very transparent was these two teams. These two teams aren't the the best two teams in the Metro Detroit area. So I'm asking people around. I'm like, if this is the championship game, where did some of the other schools? Where did they play? Like, I don't see Edison. I don't see Cass. I don't see um, Henry Four. Like, like what are these teams should be in the championship? Not UAD and and North Farmington. No, no disrespect to any one of those programs, but. Uh, where's Farmington? They're a pretty good team. Why weren't they involved? What about Orchard Lake? What about Flint Beach? I mean, like, there was a time when the D.C. Summer League had the best teams in the Metro Detroit area, and to win that, you had to be a really good team. You had to be really good. So I would like to see a Summer League with River Rouge. What are they doing in the summer? Ypsilanti, Lincoln, where they at in the Summer League? They won in this. So I would like to see some some top high level teams per, perform in these summer championships, but they got so much going on. It's just hard for high school coaches now in June and July, especially July, with all these camps and stuff going on, to actually have summer league games. So I mean, I get why the competition level wasn't where it was at, but I still would like to see some other teams playing the championship game, even though I enjoyed watching the game and it was a good game. North Farmington ended up winning and beating Detroit Jesuit by, I think, like eight. And it was a good game. It was enjoyable. Um, some young prospects that I like watching. But, you know, were there any high-level players in the game? Not really. I mean, it was some few good players and two good teams, but it wasn't really a high level. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But, you know, like I said, teams have a lot going on in July, and that's part of the reason why you had that outcome from that game. So, shout out to North Farmington for winning the D.C. championship. D.C. is uh, Derek Coleman, and he has that every year, and had a good had a good opportunity to watch that. So, that was pretty cool. So, you also had a young man who, who was playing 12 and under, plays for the Detroit Reach Dream Team. I've talked about him before on this podcast, and I told you that Cheeks was one of the best 6 or 7 grade. I don't know what grade he is. He little, I don't know what grade. 6 or 7 grade. Whatever grade level he in, he the best in the country. And he proved it again. Once again, they go to the AAU Nationals. And they win the national championship. Twice. Back-to-back national championships. That's sick. So, when I told you the kid can play, Darius A. Cuff Jr., you probably was like, is Coach Cam really talking about a kid that plays 12 and under? Yes, I am. And the reason why I am is because that team just won two national championships. Now, I'll say this. Yes, Mel, he got a couple kids on that team. They built like brick houses. And I'm like, man, a couple guys is big. Like, they should be. No way that kid is 12, but you checking. Yeah, they 12. They every bit. But he has some help. He got another little guard on that team. That's hard to guard, too. But Darius Acuff Jr. is the T-R-U-T-8th Benny Siegel first album, The Truth. Boom, ah, boom, ah, The Truth. All right, he the truth. So you better learn that name right now because in two years, he coming to a high school near you, and he going to cut up. And if he end up at Persian, so they got freshmen now who are sophomores 
And in two years, you're going to be seniors. And you add them to the... All right, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop because I don't know where you're going to go for high school. Pretty good chance he'll go to Persian. But the kid is phenomenal and he can play. So if you have the opportunity to watch the Detroit Dream Team 12 and under play, go watch him play because Darius Acuff Jr. is a problem. The kid is a stud with a capital S, capital T, capital U, capital D. No, he's 12. He's a stud. Go watch it. Okay. Also going on in Summer League action, you had the basketball tournament TV, T, $2 million championship game was played between, uh, I think it was Carmen's crew, which was the Ohio State team, and the Marquette team. And the winner of that came out to be Ohio State. You see Aaron Kraft still doing it real big. Uh, Buford was on that team. Sullinger was the coach. I mean, it was just a real gritty bunch. Um, and, and they just they just got it done, man. They got it done inside. They got it done outside. They was tough. They could get to the rim. They could make threes. They could throw it in. They could play a lot of different styles of basketball. But they had a lot of gritty, tough players that play at a high level. Aircraft still diving on the ball, diving on the floor, getting loose balls, taking charges. And that team was really good. It was really constructed really well with some guys that play overseas, some guys that had some, some pro level. And it was good to see that. And they had some really good really good crowds for these games. And it's just going to grow next year. Like I said, you know, last episode, would like to see a Michigan team next year. Call me up. I'll be the coach. But I'm going to coach them for real, though. So they might they might not want me to be the coach. Because I tell one of these high-level players, hey, my man, you got to sit down because you're awful right now. You're stinking up the gym. You're off for five from three. You're supposed to be a shooter. But I'm not putting my two mil on the line for you. Have a seat, bro. Matter of fact, give me your jersey. I'm going to check in the game. See, I would do something dumb like that and get crossed over and tell my ACL or something. So I uh, hope Michigan gets a team next year in the TBT. But it was very enjoyable to watch all the, all the rounds. All the games were really good. I like the structure, how they add seven at the end of the game and make you win the game. I'm not sure if that would ever translate to any level, but I like it. I like it a lot because you can't just hold the ball and run the clock out. You actually have to win the game. Like Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. And that's what they did. And in order to win a tournament like that, you got to be really good. You got to have some luck, but you got to be able to win games. And that's what they did. So I, I had a good time watching the TBT. The big three is still going on. They got their championships coming up. So I'm be checking that out. So the summer's over, man. The summer's over. Summer league basketball is done. People are playing their championships. So check them out. And that's kind of why I'm doing this finale because everything – it's pretty much coming to a close, so why shouldn't this podcast do the same thing? But you know what? I'm just brewing, and I'm I'm putting it together, man. The fall is going to be something special. It's going to be something special, so make sure you tune in, because when you, this podcast comes back, it's going to be on fire, baby, like Flame Knicks. So that was my Summer League take segment, rather, and... Championships are being played, TBT, Big 3, DC League, etc., Moneyball. And it's good to see these these, these platforms uh, develop, grow, and get better. I like what the TB2 is doing, TBT Tournament is doing, and it's going to get better next year and bigger. And I, I like to see that growth and what they're going to do next year. So I'm going to end this podcast with my last segment, my last Flame 5 College Prospects. These are guys that better be on your radar. These are guys that are hot on the radar right now. I mean, they blowing up crazy. And I ain't got five. 
I only got three. And the reason why I got these three, because I want to say every day, one of the three picks up an offer from another school. And each one of these guys attended the NCAA Basketball Academy second session, which is why I gave them props. Because if these guys can go there and do well and pick up offers, that's what it's about. So the three guys I'll mention, first one, Julian Roper, Jr., Orchard Lake St. Mary's has picked up offers for almost the entire Big Ten, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State. Uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, he's picking up offers from everywhere because he went to the he went to this the camp and he showed out. But it's not just that. He's been playing at a high level this summer. Plays for uh, he was playing for the Speech Indy Heat and is now playing for some other team. I don't even know the name of the team. And, and that's the only thing I dislike about Julian Roper right now is that he's bounced around from schools and AAU teams. I would like to see just him settle in, play for one team, and just say, figure it out. Um, but, I mean, he's picking up offers like crazy. The second guy I'll mention, Pierre Brooks II. Just this last week, he picked up an offer from Michigan State. He's got an offer from Illinois. He's got an offer from Xavier. He's got an offer from, Illa, from uh, Iowa. I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to say every two or three days he was picking up a different offer. And the kid is 6'5", got a really nice build, he's working on his shot, can get to the rim. You know, his athleticism is getting there where he's, he's finishing at the rim and stuff like that. High-level player. I mean, once you get offered by Michigan State, you're a high-major player. That's that. That's the way I j – in Michigan. In Michigan, if you get an offer from Tom Izzo and Michigan State – that means you are a high major player. You're no longer mid-major. You're no longer low major. You're no longer just a Division I prospect. That means you are a high major player. Okay? Michigan State will be ranked top five to start the season. they probably going to be ranked number one. And to get an offer from a school like that that's ranked number one in the nation, that means you're high major. So, shouts out to him for picking up the offer. And they also offered Jay Nakins. Jay Nakins, Farmington High School, 6'2", guard, silky smooth. I've talked about him before. And these three guys, to think about them that, you know, sets them apart from other guys in Michigan is that they're playmakers. They can score when they need to score. They can make plays for somebody else. And they all big guards. Julian Roper, every bit of 6'3", 6'4". Jay Nakins, 6'2", 6'3". Pierre Brooks is 6'5", legit. So we're not talking about guys as. 5'11", 5'10". They have size, they can score the ball, and they all can play. So Jay Nakins that goes to Farmington, he also went to the camp and did work. But guess what? He went to Peace Jam and put in some work too. So they earning these offers. They're not just throwing at them. I've talked about them before. I said that they're high-level players. So when the season comes, make sure you go see Farmington. Make sure you go see Frederick Douglass so you can see Pierre Brooks and his development. Make sure you see Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And watch Julian Roper, Julian Roper and his progress and how he gets better. Because in Michigan, you don't need a whole lot. If you got a high major player, you should have a good team. Just that simple. If I'm a high school coach right now and I have a high major prospect on my team and I'm in Michigan, there's no reason why your team isn't in the top 10. No reason. None at all. At all. So you got a high major player. Best believe you should be top 10. And if you're not, it start with the coach. I'm just telling you, you should have a top program if you have a high major player. So these three guys, I'm not going to talk about two more. Normally, I give you five. 
But these guys have been on fire so much this summer that I had to acknowledge them. These guys are in the gym. They're working on their game. They're getting their jump shots better. And the stamp is the offer from Michigan State. That's the stamp right there. And I think all three got them. I'm not sure if Roper got an offer from Michigan State or not. Uh, because they're all wings, so you kind of don't want to offer three wings in the same class from the same state. But all of these guys deserve it because they've been working, they've been improving and getting better. And these are three names. If you have an opportunity to go watch them play, go watch Julian Roper, go watch Pierre Brooks a second, and go watch Jaden Atkins and thank me later like a drink out. And with that, that's it, man. We wrapping up the coach that knows hoops the most is signing off for this season, man. So if you're looking forward to hearing another podcast in the next couple of weeks, it ain't coming. Coach Cam is signing off. I gave you 15 opportunities for me to talk hoops with you guys. I appreciate you guys listening. When I, when I tell you the fall is going to be something crazy when it comes to this podcast and my shooting academy and my camp that's coming up this week, if you if you can if you can get to the outro, that means I really rock with you. No real talk. If you get to the outro on my podcast, like J. Cole said on this outro, if you if you hearing this, that means that we really fans. So if you get to my outro, that means I really rock with you, man, and I appreciate you for listening every week to listen to all 15 episodes. We just talk about six, 15, 16 hours of basketball content. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But bring some kids to my camp, man. Come on. I'm taking 40 kids. No way I don't sell out the camp. But I'm going to leave with this, man. Y'all asked me to bring a shooting camp back. And when it's time for me to put a shooting camp back, now you don't want to register your kids from my camp. If I don't have 40 kids in my camp, I'm telling you, I'm going to be hot like fire, uh, season two, episode one, talking about people that want my shooting camp to come back to the city. Then I come back to the city and I get them a shooting camp and they'll support it. So support your own, support your friends. Like Rashad Phillips would say, RP3 Natural on Twitter. Support your friends, man. I got a shooting camp this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Ferndale High School, 9 to 3, $100, theshotmakers.com. Send them to me, man, so I can get their shots right, because trust me, they're going to get better. They're going to get better, and just like this podcast, if you followed how my progression, I've gotten better with the podcast. I'm nice with it now. That wasn't the, the case, you know, episode one or two or three. I was still trying to figure it out. I was still trying to cut, you know, you know, mix and make this together. But I'm nice with it now because I've gotten better. Send me them shooters and let me make them better. And with that, season one has concluded, man. Hats off to the listeners. I appreciate you guys for coming out. God bless. Good night. And we talking hoops, baby. You already know what it is. Signing out. Coach Cam. Shotmakers.com. Holla at me. Player. Buckle up for this ride. It's what you need to do. Because this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops.